I'm Aeon. And I'm the Lioness. And you're listening to Box Number 512 Podcast. Grown Black Trans Woman Talk. Changing your world one conversation at a time. The show begins now. If you would like to see this episode along with other exclusive content, make sure you become a patron by going to our box number 512 podcast Patreon page where you can become a patron for as little as $5 a month. The link to the page is in the show notes for the show. So make sure you go on over there if you would like to see the episode in addition to listening to it. All right, y'all back to the show. Welcome to another installment of Box Number 512 Podcast. I am your co-host, Aeon. And I am the Lioness. How y'all feeling? Before we get to updates, it is a new month. Happy March, honey. We are closer to summer. Yes! the, The closer we are to summer, the closer we are to daylight savings, which I think is about two weeks. And I'm excited because I need all the daylight that I can get, which is... Yes. The, usually the darkness getting early don't affect me, but for this this year, it's been particularly hard. So I'm excited that we're in March. Before we get to our updates, definitely have to give a shout out to all of our new patrons on, in the month of March. So I'll give a shout out to All About D, Abby, Sean Sean, Creston Carter, Maddie, Oyen. Carrie A, Lila Fayette, Devin Harris, Kevin Wendell, and Reggie. Thank you all for being patrons of Box Number Five Soul Podcast, Grown Black Trans Women Talks Patreon page. We uh, have new videos, that bonus videos, in addition to the regular content coming out in March. Also, we're working on doing some cool new projects. For the summer, there'll be Patreon-only videos and Patreon-only events. We're in the process of working on it and scheduling it. And once we finalize our schedule, then we will let y'all know. Hopefully, we could do that this month. But we'll let y'all know so we can start planning for the summer and just having a good time and growing and evolving together. Also, shout out to all of the people on our social media pages. We've been just putting out small clips of different videos that we've done just to get people into some of the content that we've done. And you guys have been so receptive to us. And so in the comments and the likes and just giving us feedback. And we are just like, like Lina said a couple of episodes ago, we don't do this for the money. We really do this to tell our stories, to create community, to liberate ourselves. So it feels really good to see that the things that we're talking about, that it's resonating with y'all and that y'all are really enjoying it. And we just want to continue to create good, genuine content. Yeah. Um, sis, did you have any um, thing you wanted to say? I did. I did. I did. We see you. I just want you guys to know that we see you. Um, when we, when, when we do put up those clips on the pages, I love to see the engagement. I love the, 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 the way that you guys are giving us affirmations of love and support. We are very, very excited to have each and every one of you because 
we are just regular women doing what we do, having the kinds of conversations that we always have. And so it's just exciting that y'all are here on this journey with us. And like you said, for those of you guys on Patreon, ooh, it's going to be some good things are coming. We got some juicy stories. We got some never before discussed topics. Y'all be ready. It's going to be awesome. And for those of you who haven't, just go like, like my sis said, just go on the Patreon and get with the program, honey. We got some good shit coming. And for my regular listeners, this episode, like many others, is going to be a, a love fest. And we just want y'all to enjoy and just have fun and get on this ride with us. Right. So thank, thank you all for supporting us. Definitely had to start this show and start this month out by shouting y'all out. Um, if you haven't become a patron yet, why have you not? Um, go on over to the box number 512 Patreon page and become a patron for as little as $5 a month. The link is in our show notes. Or if you go so to look our Look at me, girl. I'm over here doubling like no, girl. <laughs> <laughs> if you go to our social media, the link is in our, the bio for our social media. So, yeah, come on over, honey. Um, become a um, patron. Did I have anything else I wanted to announce? No, I don't think I had anything else I wanted to announce. Oh, for our one-year anniversary episode, that will be dropping in the middle of the month. I think March the 19th, whatever the week of the 15th, whatever that Friday is, that's mm-hmm. when the episode will be coming out. It will be hosted by the illustrious Amani Van Zapp, where we're just going to reflect on our journey together over this past year and love, laugh, reflect, release, relate, um, and also have some great commentary by Amani Van Zapp of Chasing Reality fame. Uh, if you guys want to send us letters or send us voice messages, make sure you send those to box number 512 at gmail.com. That email is included in our show notes. Um, so just make sure you send us those messages, whether they be voice or written, about how the podcast has impacted you over this um, past year. You could be trans, you could be cis, you could be hetero, you could be homo, um, you know, whoever you are. If you listen to our show and you support our show, write us in so we can include your message on the one-year anniversary episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now that we got all of the the that out the way, let's get to updates. Sis, did you want to go first? Um, sure. So um my life right now has been very, very good. Um, you know, as far as just like the day-to-day is COVID. So it's not much update there. But before I go deeply into my life, I want to say that one of the things that I've been missing in my life recently is my connection with other people, the ability to go outside in public. Um, I've been doing my own nails, going out and just having that experience of getting my feet and nails done by someone else. Um, just the the uh, just that socialization is so. I know I was skeptical on other previous episodes about Miss COVID vaccine, but the lioness has her card. I went and got my first COVID vaccination today, 3-2-2021. And um, 
It wasn't bad. So I do want to report. So what changed my mind? Let's start there. What changed my mind about the COVID shot um, today was my mom had gotten it. My dad had gotten it. My husband's uh, mother had gotten it. I had friends that had gotten it, you know, and particularly because I work in community with individuals that are um, immunocompromised and or dealing with any other chronic illnesses that could make them more liable to be get really sick. And so I run a nonprofit. I do this work and I wanted to be able to go to events and participate and promote the things that I'm doing and push forward some of my initiatives. I have funding that I am kind of sitting on right now because I haven't been able to really implement how I want. Because a lot of the venues that I were that I was going to, even the nonprofit that I that was my fiscal sponsor, there's been a lot of changes because of COVID and restructuring and things. So the lioness needed to get back in the world, and I got my shot. And so let me explain. So here in Georgia, um, there is a website, and if you guys will give me a moment, but um, and I'm gonna pull it up while I'm talking. But the website. It was very easy. All I had to do was just go on, um, go on the website and they, I put in my information and they ask you a few questions. Now, currently the vaccine is supposedly only open for individuals that are um, 65 years or older, caregivers for those 65 years or older, and medical professionals and personnel and essential staff as designated by the different states. Well, the key thing that I don't think, I think when a lot of people hear it, when that, that they're missing is if you are a caregiver, excuse me, a caregiver for someone that is 65 years or older. So that doesn't necessarily mean that you are a certified caregiver giving care under a service. It means if you are living in the home, if you go and take care of, if you provide services to, if you are in regular contact with because of your either your job or your life with people that are 65 years or older, senior citizens, as designated by the law, because we know 65 ain't old. I shout out to my mom and everybody. <laughs> I'm not, but you get what I'm saying. It, 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 what we need to remember is, is that you need to, you can go and get the shot. So here in Georgia, all you have to do is go on the website and you put in your information, you put in your information, just basic information about yourself or whatever. You They ask you a, a, a minor health survey, just basically, have you ever had any allergic reactions to medications? Are you pregnant? Are you nursing? You know, the basic general questions. And I received a date. I looked on the website and Raza, before this conversation, there is wide open scheduling in Georgia. Now, the catch is not in Atlanta. I had to drive an hour and a half to Clarksville, Georgia. Bitch! Bitch, I had to drive an hour and a half to Clarksville, Georgia. But I'm just saying for those that might be interested to get my shot, but there's one in Albany. There's one in... Uh, Girl, ain't Albany passed uh, making this thing? There's one in Columbus. There's one in Habersham. There's okay, I could I do Columbus, bitch. Yeah, there's one in... Um, but I have to be a Georgia resident to do, to do this. So this is the catch. This, my COVID shot was administered by the government. 
Mine was we issued by the military. All they asked is that you be a, you, they didn't, they weren't checking for residency. They were checking for age. They didn't ask for verification documents. They just wanted motherfuckers to get their injections. When you pull up, you turn your, you turn your um, car to a radio station, you drive through, it's soldiers, nothing but soldiers running this whole operation. It's complete United States military. So apparently what Biden said about pushing out those vaccines, Apparently, girl, <laughs> they are doing it because they have this mass site on a camp on a on it was on a um a fairgrounds and the entire fairgrounds is this like car like drive area. But here's so if you do that, you don't need an appointment. You can just pull up. No, no, no. You need to schedule the appointment online using the the at, at okay. the, the conference. You can, but it's wide open as far as the times you can schedule. Because, of course, because we're in Georgia and Georgia's wide the fuck open, people aren't taking the, the shots as seriously. So whereas in other states, you have backups for people waiting to get injection and get theirs. Image. I was able to get my, my entire process done faster than I have ever gotten any burger at any fast food restaurant in my life. That was the best experience I've ever had dealing with any type of medical thing that was so damn efficient. I lied to you not. You drive. It, 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 when I say no way, I'm talking about they make Popeyes look bad today. Everybody who go to Popeyes, you know, if you're not ordering just regular ass chicken, you order chicken tenders or anything that just ain't in that little hot heat thing, they finna make you wait like 20 minutes. Not to mention the weight of long of, of African-Americans that you're waiting with to get to this the window. And then when you pay for your food and they tell you pull over to the side, you know you're going to wait like another 20 more minutes. How about I was in and out of that thing within 30 minutes tops. And the only reason why it took longer than that was because you have to sit after you get your injection for a period of time so they can monitor you. So basically you sitting in a car girl as soldiers in the parking lot of this fairgrounds. There's soldiers at the top of each row of the parking lot. And if you have a problem, you honk your horn and raise your hand, girl, if you if they feel like you have an, an attack. Nothing happened. We peeled out. It was tea. But let me tell you, you know, as a trans woman, there's always a uniqueness, bitch. So we go through the process and we get to the first stop. The first stop is this man. Now, this white soldier walks over, and he's very young and very studious with his glasses. He walks over, white guy. And this other guy looks in the car window, looks at me, and then and then looks at me, does the homeboy kind of almost head nod, but kind of caught himself because my husband is also staring him in the fucking face. <laughs> so he catches himself, and then he runs over and is like, yeah, I'm training him. I'm training him. I'm training him. Um, yeah, so... Um, 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 so he's like, oh, damn, y'all eyes. Now he's complimenting. He's trying to compliment me, but he's having to compliment my husband too. So he's like, damn, y'all eyes so pretty. Y'all, 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 y'all a nice couple. Y'all a nice couple. So he's like trying to, so they're at my husband's window first. I'm in the passenger seat. He's in the driver's seat. They're at his window first. He does his information. There's a QR code that you get from the website that they scan, just confirming that you're registered for your appointment. He, they scan the QR code and that, that. So I go to hand my information over. He goes, no, 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 man. We coming over there to you. We coming to you. We coming over there. So he comes over to my door. Now, mind you, 
all of the questions that they ask you, like, do you consent to this test? I was answering it out of the window with my husband, but he wanted my ID and he wanted to have this closer conversation. So now, mind you, the guy is the one handling it. He's just staring over the guy's shoulder, like talking and pointing or whatever, like trying to get in, trying to get in. I immediately peep one. He loves the girl. Okay. It gave very like, you know how Trey acts for those of you girls who listen to our podcast, you know, you know how Trey act when they see somebody and they like, they don't even know how they can't even hide it, bitch. It'd be like, like, like that thirst, like that. They don't even, yeah, it was that it gave every bit of to the point where me and my husband laughing in the car, like this nigga is. <laughs> he ain't seen a transsexual come through since he came to it and mind you so now he's giving all this extra information i asked well yeah i'm i just got in town so uh yeah um we just got in there yeah, we just got we just got sent here for this i've just got in town and he's like i ain't been had a chance to be off you know we busy or whatever and we i'm like oh, okay okay do you need my insurance card like i'm trying to keep it professional and he's like all right well um yeah, uh, y'all, 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 asked him, he said, y'all live, y'all come from a long way because he saw on our ID that we were from Decatur. Like, he was just trying to keep up going, keep it conversation. So finally, girl, he pays it. And he pays it. And he kind of gives me this lip bite, kind of like <laughs> the way that Trey handles us. I am, I can laugh at now as a grown woman. I probably would have been a little feeling some kind of way or nervous if I was a young trans woman, like, oh God, I hope you don't clock me. But see, that's a moment where I was mature enough to know, not only did you know for you ran over, <laughs> you live for the diva. So it was cute. So we get to the, uh, up to the other uh, second station and you have to drive up like a little hill to get to uh, where they actually do the injections. I mean, literally this process is moving like this. He was the longest part. So bitch, we get to the injection this beautifully spirited black lady. Now, mind you, I had on the top where I had, I forgot to wear, I was wearing a hoodie and I forgot to wear anything under the hoodie. So bitch, it was a zip up hoodie, but then I had to take it off to get my arm out because it was too tight on the arm, bitch. So girl, I was like, oh God, as we was pulling up, I was like, I hope I get a black woman. I just want a woman. I just, after that last experience with the dude, I'm like, I, I just don't want to be that girl where he going to radio down to the other person. Like, yeah, man, I saw our titties. So, bitch, I'm like, okay. So, he comes to the, so she comes, this lady comes. She has a beautiful spirit. She just had, like, I don't know, like, God and, like, goddess energy. She was an older black lady, and she was just so sweet. And I am afraid of needles. And she just was so patient with me. And it was just such a good process to the point where, she was like, it may burn a little. She's like, I'm going to do it. And she said, it may burn a little. I did not feel the needle and I did not feel a thing. And I am afraid of needles and I'm hypersensitive. So for those of you out there who are afraid of getting the COVID shot because you were thinking this is going to be some big needle. If you're a trans woman, you're going to laugh at the size of this needle. <laughs> because we deal with <laughs> different needles on a regular basis. This needle is not even the length of our hormone needles. It's nothing like that. Like it, 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 I was like, oh, girl. So I, I will say, um, I do feel like I've given myself an injection, but literally my hormone injections hurt worse. Like that, like tenderness. I don't have mm -hmm. none of that. I just feel like I got an injection like you would for any time you get a shot. And right. I don't have stiffness and I haven't had any symptoms so far. So shout out to the U.S. military. Shout out to the U.S. Army. Shout out to that soldier. I hope you find what you're looking for here in Atlanta, darling. Um, and shout out to, you know, 
all everyone out there who is considering it. I know that some of us, even us thought leaders, we've been skeptical, but as time goes on, and like what Brianna pointed out in a couple podcasts ago, our men- my mental health can't stay in the house much longer. My physical well-being can't be in the house much longer. And if this is 95% effective for the strands that are, are, are out right now that are most contagious, that are killing everybody, even though I'm still going to go out and wear my mask, and I'm still going to try to socially distance when I can, it takes the fear of me being someone that has really bad breathing issues and the lungs that can't handle being, having those issues like this, it takes that fear of me wondering whether or not I'm going to be okay. So, so far, so good. I will keep you guys updated. And yeah, that's my big update for the week. So I'm sorry it took a minute, sis, but I really wanted them to get that you can be scared, but it's not as bad as you think. And then afterwards, after the lady gave our husbands and me and my husband our injections, we got to the parking lot, we sat and waited, we laughed and chuckled about, oh boy, and then we came on home. So life is still here. I'm okay. I have my little card. My my date to go back is the 21st. So shout out to to the U.S. government. Shout out to Biden administration. I want to give a shout out because, you know, we are quick to call out administrations when they don't, when they say they're not doing what they said they're going to do. And I know that there was a holdup on COVID vaccinations a couple months ago because of ineptitude in the previous administration. So now I can attest that I went to a U.S. government military site and everyone was sweet, professional-ish. For for the most part. For the most part. And it was wonderful. And he wasn't like disrespectful. If anything, he was flirting like he would with inappropriately with any black woman, I'm sure. You know what I'm saying? Like, but it was just, you know, it was, it was, it was humorous and flattering. And in a way, I was like, okay, well, if the trade's here, it can't be like, <laughs> like unfortunately, it was like, I'm actually kind of used to this energy and it's it's keeping my mind off of this in shot. So thank you. So shout out to him. Even in ordinarily that would be like, Ugh, but I, it distracted me and it was funny. So yeah, it was a good moment. So what about you, sis? No, Shay. I'm thinking about, well, not thinking about, (laughs) as soon as I can make an appointment to get a shot, I will get one because I'm just, my mom has been um, vaccinated for a couple, she got both of her shots a couple weeks ago and she's doing fine. I'm actually going to see her tomorrow. Um, I have to go to Baltimore to get this hair done, honey, and to get a new cut and a new color, girl, because I think the last time I got my hair cut was November, honey, and girl, it's 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 been, it's been too long, but um, yeah, I'm ready to get the shot. I'm ready to get out the house. I'm ready to be vaccinated. I'm just, I'm ready. I'm ready. Um, I'm I'm just ready to be out there and just living my life again. So, I'm trying to do it through my the supermarket that's near my house because now they, I just read something on the news where what? they contracted to start administering a shot. But bitch, I went on the website today and the website is um, down and going through maintenance. It's like, well, girl, can you fix that? So I can just tip in as I'm getting my groceries, getting my little shot and going about my business. So. And for those of you who are interested, I do want to give this really fast. In Georgia for that vaccine, it's my vaccine 
georgia.com again that that url is myvaccinegeorgia.com if you live in georgia and you want to just go ahead and get your shot sign up it's the military girl but they didn't give scary teas everybody was everybody was sweet though even all of the women that took the paperwork from all the little stops everybody was sweet you could tell they legitimately want this to be a pleasurable experience even more so than when i got covid tested bitch these people really want you to feel like you got you had a good experience. Am I well then girl? Well, girl, because now the assumption is your ass don't have it, girl. So we don't mind being we don't mind being close to you, bitch. We don't have to bundle up. There it's like, bitch, stay as far away as possible, bitch. Okay. Let me get the longest cutest, bitch. I don't want you near me, bitch. Cause Back the fuck up. I guess that I'm, is the point too, I'm right? A little tense, bitch. I'm a little tense, girl. <laughs> if you're coming to get the shot at this point, you're probably <laughs> a good girl. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> or even if you do have it, you're asymptomatic, bitch. Because we did test your temperature and you were good for this moment. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, things are going great with me. Work. Working out is going good. I just started. So now I'm choosing to focus on the abs and the core. So I just started a new set of workouts. I don't I don't know if I've lost any weight. Like I said, me losing weight was not the goal of me working out. It's to reverse the diabetic effects and stuff. I can say that um, a lot of diabetic symptoms that I was experiencing, like my vision was getting blurry when I would wake up in the morning or I would wake up and my mouth would be dry. Like those are two main symptoms of diabetic. Like those things have went away. And I, th I think the biggest benefit is I just feel different in my body. Like just the way I move, the way I'm able to like bend and just how I feel. And like no shade, since I stopped chemo, this is the first time I really felt like I've had control of my body. Because after chemo, I, I I really didn't feel like I had control of my body because, you know, immediately after chemo, I was just always in physical pain. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, I just didn't feel like, I didn't feel, I kind of felt like a, a, like my body was a mind. Like I was like, somebody was hosting in my body. And now I can finally say now that I've made the commitment to like working out once a day, just even for the 10 minutes that I work out, like, I just feel, I just feel like I have control of my body, just the way that I move, the way, like, the fact, sometimes I'll just get up and just start dancing, just because, it's the, like, the ease of, like, I have the energy to dance and to just move around and I feel good, so that's going really good for me. Work is going, you know, work is going good, it has its highs and its lows, but I have to sit back and just be just be thankful for the position that I'm in to work somewhere that where I, I love what I do and to work on such high profile cases and just to have a, a team and a director that just trusts me. And it's just like, oh, I was thinking of you for this. Like, let's do it. Or, oh, do. Oh, it's this case that I've been working on. Hey, I need you to do this, this, this and that. Now, what I hate is when they like when they're like, "Oh, I need you to turn around and turn it in tomorrow." That's the late part, but just the fact that fresh out of school, I'm in the position that I'm in. Um, I'm really blessed. I'm really fortunate. Also, still interviewing for different positions, so a lot of 
arms that are put in the fire, I'm starting to take those arms out and feel the heat. So just keep me in your prayers and keep me lifted. Uh, I just, I'm just feeling really, I'm at peace right now. And now that it's getting closer to spring and summer, I'm just, I'm just trying to walk in my optimism and just feel good. I feel like it was something, oh, I had a really good weekend this weekend. I was, my anxiety has finally been like low enough where I can actually sit down and like watch movies and watch TV shows because Typically when my anxiety and everything is going crazy, mixed with my depression, it's hard for me to sit down and sit and stay still, like to watch TV show. Like, of course I can watch Drag Race all day because that, you don't really have to sit down and take that in. It's just like, you get the payoff with the beauty and the dresses. That's, that's the payoff for like, for like scripted shows and movies and stuff. That requires a level of concentration that when I'm going through my episodes, I just can't do it. But this weekend, I was able to sit down. I watched Bridgerton on Netflix. That was a key. I also got to watch the Billie Holiday movie on, on Hulu. And then I watched the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, which was a key key. And then I watched the Dora the Explorer movie, which was a fucking key. Mm -hmm. And I just, that was a win for me, bitch. Just being able to sit down and watch the movie and put my phone on airplane mode and just relax and do me. And the Billie Holiday movie, if you haven't seen it, I would suggest you watch it now. I'm not saying it's the best film, but I will say I'll learn, I learned a lot, a lot of things about Billie Holiday that I did not know. Like, I didn't really know that the government was after her like they were. Like, the government was, like, really going after her. And I did not know that she died handcuffed to her hospital bed because her the government was trying to get her to confess to um, drugs. and Like, they was really coming after her. And the only reason they were coming after her is because they wanted her to stop performing Strange Fruit because they said it incited riots um, in America. I can't wait to see it. I've been excited to see it, but I'm also a bit afraid of seeing it because I know that Billie Holiday is someone that has that, uh, her music has directly impacted me. And that song in particular well, is something that I think every Black person, it strikes to the core of me. And um, to know that in her activism and, 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 and just in her singing her song, that she was attacked in such a way I had heard. I saw, I had heard um, just even just trying to read up on the buzz around the movie and like reading up on Billie Holiday since I've been hearing what people have been saying. And I hear that Andre Day did a really, really good job. Congratulations yeah. to her the Golden Globe. Um, but I, there's a part of me, cause I just saw the, um, the Black Messiah movie, what's it called? Uh, Judas and the Black Judas, yeah. I just saw Judas and the Black Messiah. And I'm just to be honest, that stuff is starting to weigh on me. But I hope that, but in this particular stuff, but in this particular instance, because of the glamour, because of her um her interesting life, I'm hoping that it's not just about the struggle. Cause I am I'm a bit tired. So that's the only reason why I haven't seen it, but I do want to. Yeah, I was able to get through it. Like it was it was heavy, 
but it wasn't too heavy where it's just like, okay, girl, I got to turn this off because it's too much. Like, and I think the music kind of helped to balance it out, like her performances. And like, she really gave Billie Holiday when she was singing. Like, she really did the damn thing. And also, it also reaffirmed that um, Black cis hat men, even back then, were the weakest link because every time mama got set up, girl, it was her husband or her boyfriend working side by side with the fucking um, federal government to set her up to get locked up. So fuck all of them niggas that she was with, honey. That was whooping her ass and then set her up, um, work side by side with the white man to set her up to, to get locked up. Fuck them niggas. But um, I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna watch it. I watch it. That sounds like a movie. I watch it in the daytime so that I don't have bad dreams. And it also sounds like a movie I'm gonna watch with my husband so that if it gets if it gets a little rough, I can you know hide a little bit. Because girl, I get emotionally impacted by things, and just, and 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 the, and the sorrow will linger with me. So, bitch, I have to really channel where my spirit be. But I think this is gonna be a good story, and it is a story worth watching, and I will watch it. And so I let I'll keep y'all right, girl. It's not it's not well. You know what? To this day, I have still not seen Twelve Years a Slave. I have no desire to see Twelve Years a Slave. Like don't like. So it's definitely not that type of movie. Like them type of slavery antebellum um, period pieces, girl. That's Fourth not for is what we call my husband. I like to call it where it's like, yeah, you know, people are coming here to watch niggas get grabbed by their testicles. Like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I really, um, I really enjoy the movies and just really enjoy enjoying my time, enjoying my company. I was supposed to watch a few more, but uh, I got caught up in um, phone calls and other obligations that I had to do. But I, I had a really good time with myself this weekend. I had a really good time with myself this weekend. Good. So... Child, what do you want to talk about? Okay, so listeners and viewers, we really don't have a topic today, and that's all right. That is all right. Listen, we're almost 50 episodes in, honey. It is what it is, and that's the beauty of it. We're real friends, so we don't need a topic. Girl, let's go. Right. So I I guess the only thing that we can talk about, since I mentioned that it's March, and we're at the top of the new year, like, girl, like, we're a year-end, girl, like, how like just how do you feel generally how like i'm gonna be honest i knew we were gonna be in this pandemic like a couple of months but i never would have imagined that a year later we would literally still be in the same boat that we were in when we first started and it it, it's really gagging to me in a much worse boat bitch (laughs) gag Girl, yeah, like I never would have thought it either. I feel like we're in a much boat, we're in a in a in a much worse boat in the sense that we've lost hundreds of thousands of Americans this this time last year. So it's just like, damn, like it's it it is crazy, and it the collective grief of it all. Like I was saying in one of our other podcasts, it really does weigh on you, and particularly for our community, we're a culture that gets together. And what I did not like which was an unfortunate reality of COVID was our community being demonized for trying to find joy 
in horrible times. Because for our community, how we find joy is coming together. Our underground illegal functions, our balls that now we can put on TV and, and put on and have TV shows where we have ball TV shows. But there was a time where underground subculture is what sustained us. And it was, and because of COVID, in a weird way, it felt like underground LGBT culture was being demonized for doing what it always does, keeping it moving even through it all. And I respect that we had to stop a lot of events. And I am a girl that was encouraging and would encourage people to minimize. Let's not have as many of them. Let's not have them. But I'm also not the girl that's going to stand in judgment and watch a ball where my sisters are trying to find the build of joy that they can or trying to win money so they can feed themselves and they're being judged because in this COVID time, you should be sitting at home. Well, sitting at home is a luxury. Sitting at home is privilege. For those of us that do have the capacity to have internet, laptops, and to be able to continue our lives with our jobs and our, and, and our you know, health insurance and so forth, that is a luxury for those of us that I have shout out to my sisters out there that I know that are doing drag to live that are walking balls for that grand prize to live and are taking a major hit in this time and having to do this delicate balance in their mind of do I do this and risk my life as I always have just to be myself or do I stay home and stay in the right for respectability purposes? And this goes also to my sisters out there doing sex work. Shout out to my sex working sisters out there. Like we got to get to the place where we understand while we respect for those of us who can socially distance, for those of us who is feasible for us to be in the house. Great. Do it. If you can do it, I want you to do it. If you can do it, especially if you're not vaccinated. But for those of the people that are out in the streets, I want to reiterate, because I'm seeing a lot of shaming happening online, particularly from um, people of color, particularly from LGBT folks that have a certain that, that have a certain access and privilege to housing and living that are judging girls for being in the streets, putting up parties so that people can can be shamed and these parties can go viral while these people are trying to have the little bit of joy that they can. Now, I'm not coming to the function. And, I, and everyone has a responsibility to protect themselves. But I just don't want us to get to the place where we start using this class divide that is happening because of COVID to make LGBT, Black LGBT folk in particular, to forget about our brothers and our sisters that are just young and trying to figure it out or they're older and, they, and they're looking for some resources. Like the world still has to continue. And for people that were in poverty, the world got a lot darker real fast. So let's all remember that we're trying to find ways to find our joy and our light. And let's stop shaming people for doing what they, the choices that they're making for their lives. For sure. Yeah. I will say that because everything got shut down, it kind of, and because the community, whether we be Black and cishet or Black and LGBTQ, we do what we always do and we kind of popularized like these online platforms so like I remember during the first half of the pandemic like Bego Live was really a big thing and I remember going on there playing the um the music game with like no shade even though we were had been social distancing apps like Bego and like 
now recently Clubhouse, it's allowed me to form relationships with people that I would have never otherwise been able to form relationships because it was like we were at the same place at the same time. It's allowed me to, I want to say repair relationships, but just have conversations with folks where usually it's like you have to have access to have conversations with me or you know, we're not at the same level or we're not at the same ta- table, but it's just like, girl, we're both here on this app right here, right now, bitch, let's have the conversation. So even with all the devastation, I still like how there were still opportunities throughout the year through out because of these platforms to really connect with people and to really break down barriers. Even going to Clubhouse, these conversations where we're having these like community conversations, which I feel like they've, They've gotten a little bit better since I've been on Clubhouse, where cis people are having to be in a room with a whole bunch of different, diverse trans people and having to not only listen to us read them and they just have to take it, but just seeing how we're just not this monolith of a community of a community and there's just so many different perspectives. So I think we will be like if we get out of this or just moving forward, like so many different communities and, pe- and people that normally <clears throat> you can just ignore them, we're all on the same level and we're all using these tools to connect. So we've been able to have conversations that we never other- otherwise would have had. Come in. Oh, talk to me. Oh, I was gonna say, so what I find interesting about Clubhouse in particular, which you just brought up, sis, that I find very, very interesting. Clubhouse, so for a girl like me that has ADHD, that, you know, has to have her coping strategies, the reason why I write everything down, I know y'all see me taking a lot of notes, the reason why I am very, very, for those that you know that know me in life, you know, and I'm very, very like, um, the word is anal, but I just don't like it, but I am anal. Um, because I, I have problems remember, like staying on task if I don't have a structure. And what I find that I like about Clubhouse and these other platforms is it allows the ADHD in me to go wild. So I can sit in a conversation with Black trans folks and talk about dildos. And I can lead that group and go and sit in a conversation about FBI negotiation tactics lead by one of the FBI head, head head deputy directors, former deputy directors, giving a class on on um on on negotiations, not just hostage negotiations, but just negotiations in general, and how to get people to see alternatives that are in their best interest that can be mutually beneficial for all involved. Oh, honey, listen, I am excited about the world today and clubhouse is just one new app in a series of apps that i really really like what i like about clubhouse that i did not like about bego i like coming on a zoom and having conversations with people that i care about okay i don't mind having face-to-face interaction with my sister and people that i love i don't want to look strangers in the face like that and i don't want hundreds of people staring me in the mouth just because like if i'm on my platform on instagram i know what i'm doing if i'm on but but just be 
Girl, you would be sometimes talking at Bego, girl, and it's 3,000 people in here, girl. I, my heart is racing. Like, bitch. Like, it, it was, it would be intense. Like, it would, there would be times where it would be intense. So, I didn't care for Miss Bego. Like, I didn't care for that. I didn't care for that energy. Yeah, that's only for the girls that just like to sit on cam all day and just, like, for me, I only came on Bego on camera when I was playing that game. Any other time, I'm just watching and I live for some of the celebrities. Cause I'm just gagging that like the nigga from Noah's Ark has a fucking Beagle page. Phaedra Parks has a is live on fucking Beagle watering her flowers. Tamar Braxton is on Kiki Wise. Ray J is on Beagle. But if you're not, and then usually when the girls are on Beagle, they are just reading each other. Like it's just like the most toxic of the toxic of the toxic. Like and you know why I think when the visual gets in place. Then you start having bitches feeling like I'm the ruling one and get into my mug and get into my fashions and get into my upholstery, bitch. And get it and it and, and it plays into like the most vulnerable parts of our like insecurities. And I feel like the girls start attacking each other because right. Yeah. So it, it starts to become a reading session really, really quickly on Beagle, bitch. So I can, I can only now I can, especially since that music show isn't really happening no more. I can only do Beagle in really small doses, girl. Because after that, I just I had to just delete it off my phone because it was for whatever reason it just felt like and it, it, it that, I don't know what it's something about that visual, like you said, that makes people act different. Even my sisters, the people I care about, it's like in front of the camera, like, like, like you and I, and and even in this space, before we started doing this, we got a, we got our kind of, we 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 already had our personal rapport, but we developed our rapport with one another doing this, and now doing it visually, we've always had a, a, a visual component, but the point is, we have a natural rapport with one another performing in front of an audience of people behind a thing. And that's what also what I don't like about Facebook lives is that it really can give the person like ramble. Like you, people feel like they have to ramble. And if you're not a particularly bright girl or if you're not a girl that's very verbose, it's like, girl, like it becomes performative. The girls are trying to now entertain these people. So then you're not even getting their real personality. So I've even seen people that I know in real life and I'm watching them on Beagle like, Okay, girl, I guess. You know, like, I don't, I, I see your, I see what we're giving because you don't give Tranny Lish like this. But you, right now, you're giving extra demonstrative, all the gay slang because I see what we're doing. You know, you're trying to entertain the audience. So that just wasn't my thing. That's why I like Clubhouse because now that the visual is gone, the cis folks don't mind being in the room. The, 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 the men folks don't mind being in the room. The people that are on the platform have a level of vulnerability that I it is really kind of interesting. It reminds me of the old school chat lines. If you're old enough to remember, the <laughs> tell the truth, bitch. That's why you like it, bitch. Tell the truth. It is. I like because it's like late night conversations and like you don't know the person, they don't know you, and y'all vibe is just purely off voice. And then, particularly for like the panel discussions, I like. That that it I like the late nature of Clubhouse. The fact that late night is when it starts. Yeah, you can literally be on Clubhouse for twenty four fucking hours and just hop from conversation to conversation. Yeah. And for a vo- and the voyeur in me, woo, 
bitch, I live to sit in on conversations and hear people talking about their sexuality and their interests and their likes and their dislikes and their kinks. And I'm often invited on panels and I usually decline, not because I don't, um, not because I don't want to, I want to be an observer. Like, I, I feel like sometimes in conversation, what helps strengthen my analysis is listening to people. Engaging in the conversation requires that I engage another part of my brain too. As a listener, I can I can actually absorb information, and sometimes I hear whole new points of view. Like even hearing you on on um, Clubhouse in a panel with other people, because I'm not in the panel with you, I'm able to hear you discuss things. in a way that you wouldn't have to with me because we have a natural understanding. Right. Does that make sense? Right. So I get to hear you become the teacher in the way, you, even though you're just trying to give an answer, you ha- because you know you have to give this context. I love that. I love watching you having to break down a concept or a theory to the people on Clubhouse. And I'm like, oh, look at my sister teaching the straight folks. <laughs> well, you know, with Clubhouse, I've had, and I don't really see too much of the ones, but when I first came on Clubhouse, like in January, it was a lot of conversations where it would be like, um, white women can ask black people whatever the question they want, or straight men can ask the gays whatever. And this was like, that why are we positioning that to allow y'all niggas to ask us like the niggas were privileged to ask us like? And a lot of the rooms were like it was kind of like um, like the straights versus the gays and the cis versus the trans. And I will say. I haven't been on Clubhouse as much, but the and usually now when I go on, I don't even really in, insert myself into like the cis rooms or the rooms where it's that like foolishness going on where you know it's going to be transphobic or you know it's going to be that one hotep woman or one hotep man. It's like, well, y'all are men. And like, I personally don't feel like it's necessary to insert myself in that room to educate anybody. Exactly. But now when, now when I go in, it's usually to like the trans only or like the trans led rooms where we are only allowing one cis person to come up at a time to talk just in case they want some foolishness. But no, I do like the, I do like the, just like the, Kind of the, when it's going right, the equality of Clubhouse, like how everybody has to wait their turn to speak and like, it, it kind of just feels like everybody's on the same level. Like when Clubhouse is good, it's good. But when it's a mess, it's a mess. and then even like interacting with this newer generation of trans people that are just so fucking offended by every fucking thing. It's just like, y'all bitches need to grow some fucking skin. Can we talk about that a minute? Can we talk about that a minute? Like, sis, okay, so I appreciate the fact that because people before us and us walked, that these girls are running. Girl, I live for the fact that these girls understand them set, understand the language of gender. I understand that they are very, very knowledgeable about what the fuck they're talking about. These young generation of girls, they have gone to school where they had transgender bathrooms. They are very, very empowered and they have been taught and encouraged to have a voice and an opinion that is powerful for me. So let me start by saying that. In no way am I trying to use my lack of understanding about how these young folks be so upset. And no way am I saying that it is a bad thing 
that they're asserting themselves. But what I find interesting is, is as we have gotten to this place where we have a politicized movement and a movement where the knowledge now, the even the wording, the verbiage and the knowledge is all politicized, the way that we are talking, now it's dollars. It's not, not, not just about educating people. What we're saying, the words that we're using are moving grant money around. So I get that the people have to make sure that people are respecting them and that their real opinions are being heard, particularly on platforms that are free form like Clubhouse and Bego and any other. What I have an issue with is sometimes the way in which our community will use the I'm triggered thing to completely derail a conversation that could have a beginning, a middle, and an end. What were you about to say, sis? Right, and if you're a trigger girl, get the, get the fuck out the room. Like, right. it's a, like, it's as simple as that for me. Like, if you're so triggered, and no shade, a lot of times you're triggered by stuff that you can't, like, with the non-binary thing, something that I've been seeing recently are people claiming the non-binary identity, and anybody can be non-binary. But you physically, like you're very cis-presenting or you're very cis-assuming. I'm not here to say that you're not binary. I'm not here to judge your gender. But a reasonable person is going to have to assume that just by your appearance, that might be a conversation, especially if you're coming into a room with cis people or trans people who are on the binary side. You might have to say like, hey, even though I know I look like a cis man, you know, my pronouns are the also include they them but to and then to come into a room to have pictures where you're giving me um you're giving me like um Lakeith Stanfield in the picture and to then get offensive and say how you are being misgender which you you are misgender but to then overreact where we're derailing the conversation and the conversation is not even about non-binary people it's about trans women that are being murdered. It's like, come on, man. There are two points there to what you just said. The first <laughs> that, that really resonated with me. The first one is being triggered in public spaces, publicly taking up space while being triggered. That shit has got to die. That is some young millennial shit. That is why I brought the young folks in earlier. And I'm, I'm a millennial. What am I saying? That is, I don't know, Gen Z, Y, whatever, whatever you call them people. I'm the oldest millennial. I'm very proud of that. Um, I as but these young kids, I don't know where we got to the point where the in this oversharing culture where it's like I'm gonna not only am I gonna be offended, I'm gonna tell you that I'm offended, and then even after we made reasonable attempts to try to like wrap this, you're still gonna be offended in a public space, taking up space. I'm offended. I'm offended. And I'm offended. And it's like, at a certain point, what is your goal here? Is Because I thought... To get attention and to probably capitalize off the attention to platform themselves so, it can, so they can be the only one. I hate to use a cliche rap term, but they're doing it for clout. We are now in the era where being triggered and trans can get you some clout. 
And a lot of girls are leaning into this triggered and transness. And I'm not saying, and so this is the truth. I do believe that there are people out there that have an existence where they are having to constantly explain themselves. And that can cause you to be sensitive. I get it. What I have a problem with, though, are the individuals that are performatively putting themselves in public situations where they know the average person is not going to be able to understand their unique specific gender expression or identity. And then you now gaslight this entire conversation when nine times out of 10, if they're in a space engaging with trans folk, they already have opened their mind up a little bit to hearing the point of view. So the idea that in, even in this space now, you're not even going to let education happen or even a teachable moment occur because you just want to be in that moment is a problem for me. And that is indicative of what we were talking about in our previous episode about detransitioning. It's indicative of people who are doing this for attention. There is a way, and this is the truth, that I believe that trans, the larger trans movement has realized that if we are triggered and traumatized, there's money in that. I'm not saying rank and file trans members. I'm saying the larger trans politicized movement. And we're playing right into that narrative because at one point, we're at a certain point, we are legitimately voicing our concerns. But when we're taking it, when we're getting to the place where now we're voicing our concerns at the expense of logic, reasoning, or conversation, and it's just we're going to keep turning up to turn up because we need to turn up. It's like, okay, sis, there's a place for that. And that's usually a march or a rally. If you're a rah-rah girl, if, or, or if you want to be about strategic, <laughs> you know. But like, it's, it's yeah. not it's not in the room where the trans people are given the space for cis people to ask questions. Well, now you you have the, the trans people holding the space. Right. You have to expect that some of the cis people are going to ask questions and not say, say the 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 politically correct or the right or they you know they want to get to that space but to just like it's it's a difference between somebody that's like that's genuinely ignorant and somebody that's being trans antagonistic where and you have to know how to trust the people that you in our community let's say that too i hate that and i see this in clubhouse and i see other community members do it and i'm going to read here in this moment i don't like how other community members will go on somebody else's platform or in their space and start critiquing and talking shit about them in their space or start bringing up and attacking people in or having a conversation where you're not allowing the moderators to actually do what the fuck they did because it's our space and then you will leave that group or room and start you another room in Clubhouse talking shit about the room you were just in. Like, that's like, well, girl, if you were so triggered, why did you even go into the room in the first place? And like, we, th- there, there are 3,000 rooms, bitch. Not just go in the room. Bitch, why did you get on the panel? Like, because there's a second option there. <laughs> like, bitch, not just that I went to the room, but that I got on the fucking stage. To then be triggered. And then, and then you're purposely going back, back and forth with the person that says that they see us as men and they will never see us as women. Like, you have to learn how to pick your battles or brother. That's another thing. Our community needs to remember that, like I was saying, because there's money in it, because there's energy behind it, we got to remember to be strategic about our the way we engage in public spaces so that there's a balance in the tone in the texture, 
in the way we're delivering our message because delivering it one way all the time is going to start sounding monotonous. Even if you're yelling, it's just after a while, it sounds like noise. We have to get from arguing to engaging. And I really feel like Beagle, I mean, Beagle, I guess, and Clubhouse and Facebook Live, some of these features are trying to do that. But particularly in panel groups like Beagle, what I like about it is it forces uh, most of the people to be observers. It forces people to listen in a way that I don't think we are ready for in a world where everybody wants to be heard. So the reality of it is that sometimes the people that get on the stage because you feel like I'm one of the privileged girls, you taking up space. And I just don't like to see black trans women in particular taking up space in other trans women's spaces, trying to tear down their work. If you don't like this topic, if this group's conversation is stupid to you, if you don't like and a nigga in there is stalking you and you're triggered by that experience, just go to another group I mean, and start your own and do your own thing. Like why go in somebody else's space, cause dissent, and then drag the people from that space who were enjoying themselves into a confusion and then leave and take them to a new group. That is shitty to me. And I have observed that. <laughs> and I have observed community leaders doing that. Oh, Lord. That's, I that. And I love you still, but that was shady. Don't do that to people. That's not okay. God bless the girls on Clubhouse, but like I said, I've been able to have amends with people and just have understanding. Now, I'm not friends with everybody, but I've been able to come to understandings with folks, and thanks to the technology, it's been able to facilitate that, but the trend, it's like, y'all, we gotta grow some, some thicker skin. Like, everything is not um, trans and tag, and like, it's even been to the point where I've been on panels, and some cis people are scared to talk and, and or they're like, I'm afraid of saying something ignorant. And then after they finish speaking, it's like, sis, that actually on the scale of horrible shit that you could have said, this was like a one. This was a one. So. That were okay. You're well within. But that's where, and that's what bothers me. So as someone who has dedicated their life to education, communication, community engagement, cultural competency, you know, uh, all the, and all the rights there to ascertain, it bothers me that so many ears now are open. And there are a lot of the girls with the ability and the gift to be able to speak are using this moment to speak their rage. Rage is important. But rage is an uncontrolled emotion. Anger, strategically planned anger, can, 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 can make your, your message hit in a certain way where it can still be poignant and received. But if you speak from a place of rage, you're now projecting all this extreme extra emotion that the people who are coming to listen are not gonna be able to handle because while you may have a legitimate reason to feel the way you feel, I didn't do it. <laughs> so therefore it's crazy. And it bothers me with to hear what my sister said and for me to also observe in my own life, how many people are just afraid of us. Like not afraid, like in a transphobic afraid, but like, oh, I don't wanna, and it, and it, and even when Charlemagne and those people do it, I know they're doing it to kind of like goad us and poke and also to kind of like 
perpetuate the narrative that if you mess with them, you're going to get in trouble. And to a certain extent, yes, I want y'all to feel that way. Yeah, y'all niggas need to get in trouble, bitch, because y'all are... We will cancel you. You will get in trouble. But I want to say, I do think that we need to be more open to having difficult conversation and having people ask what are what somebody would call dumb questions. Like in this PC culture, in this cancel culture, we got into the place where people cannot even ask a dumb question. And how else do we expect, they don't even know that it's dumb when they ask. A lot of times ignorance is not always spiteful. So then how can we get to the place from ignorance to knowledge if not for a conflict or or, or at least a, a, a clashing of ideals? And that means that there has to be an awkward conversation for us to get to a good one. And, uh, and we've lost that. And I remember when teaching and building the bridge because we had to, because no one wanted to hear us. So we went out of our way to be so accommodating to try to teach. I remember, you know, being excited to go and, and, and teach at universities for free for all of these people because it was important that I felt like I was doing a mission on behalf of the Lord. So y'all would know that trans people are people. We're past that now. So, but while we have this mic and people want to hear us, let's also try to spread a little education in with the anger. What you think? No, I'm definitely down for that. And if I can get paid to do that, I'm down for that too. Um, yeah, I do, I do think it's a space for, um, for folks that, particularly in those rooms, for, for I think for cis, cis folks, the key is, the context of the room, like if the context is you have um, safe space to engage in these questions, yeah, go ahead. Like I'm here for it. Now, like if you just seeing me down the street or even on this podcast, we don't have those one-on-one questions. We go much, 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 much deeper here on this podcast and you either know or you don't. And if you don't, it's all right. That's all um, right. Everybody knows context clues, just... Just play along and you'll you'll fall in line. But and the beautiful part about this is in every part of life, you never you have always been centered. For those of you who don't know, for those of you in the know, we're now being centered, and that's why we exist. We exist to center black trans women in our thoughts. But go ahead, girl. Right. So no, I'm I'm here for it, but I'm again, I'm here for a structure and control conversation where if somebody's getting too far out of line we can reel them back in but i don't think we can reel anybody back in if, and again if you're so triggered by the conversation maybe you're not ready to have the conversation and that's okay too that's okay too you don't need to be a part of every conversation like let the girls who have the tough skin and know how to navigate those conversations let leave that to the professionals you know what? And that just goes back to what I was saying earlier. And that gives me the point of clarity because I, I don't want it to seem like earlier when I said, oh, girl, some, you, maybe you need to be at the rally. That's not a negative thing. I do believe and I kind of see us as an as, as a body, right? As the as the body of community. We're a beloved, we're a beloved community, but I see us functioning like a body. So then there are people that are the heart of the community. These are the people that are in that are nurturing and loving and the healers and the and the mamas and they're that. They're the people that are the strategists, the thinkers, the planners, the 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 people that are coming up with initiatives, but and 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 the girls that are the fists that are on the ground, that are, that are on the ground fighting and rallying. And then there are the girls that are feet that are doing the walk, that are doing the testing, that are out of community handling the girls. Now. 
oftentimes what happens in our community is the girls on the ground, on the feet, the feet, the feet and the legs in the community, the foundation of the community, they feel like the girls at the top, the girls at the initiatives, the girls fighting the lawsuits, the girls doing the podcast, the girls that aren't necessarily doing the work aren't, aren't doing, aren't, aren't the same people. And I feel that that's a mistake. And I feel the same thing for people that feel like I have a degree and I sit at this nonprofit head, judging the girl that's on that, that's a, a case specialist, a case manager, or, you know, or just a, a trial, you know, a, um, outreach specialist and judging her as, oh girl, she's beneath me. I, I think that what we are is all our pieces. So for those of us that have the gift and the ability to engage in conversation with large groups of people or in intimate settings who have dedicated our lives to being good communicators and chosen fields in that way, I think that that's wonderful for us to have platforms and you can see the difference. But for those girls out there that are coming to this already with PTSD, already with all these other stressors, and these easy triggers, and then you throw yourself in front of thousands of people, and then you're hurt and gagged, and you want community support for you putting your vulnerable self at the verge or the precipice of a breakdown on the internet. Like, we also need to be accountable for self-care in our community to, like what Brianna said, know when to hold them and when to fold them. Like, you got to know when this is a conversation that I need to be in, and it's okay to politely excuse myself without making the dramatic fuck all y'all on the way out. Like, it don't have to be that. Or trying to corral the girls, like all the trans people need to get out the room. Speak for yourself, boo. Speak for yourself. I'm not triggered yet. So I think I'll stay in a little longer, but don't. Just set your own room up, girl. And then after, and then if I see it and I'm curious, I might go over. But like all the, the whole announcing a leave, that just, it's just as irritating to me. It makes my skin itch. Just like um, people that announce that they're leaving a group. It's like, bitch, bye. Bye. It's thousands of people in here. What the hell makes me think that we care? Like, you get what I'm saying? Like, girl, that's gagging to me. Or the girls that will on a live be like, fuck you, I'm never watching you again. Why are you here telling me this? Just block my God. Like, I hope you don't think that I, I was really, really counting on your one vote. <laughs> like, this isn't an election, sis. It's just live. You can go. But yeah, so I just, I just, I think people overinflate their importance. I feel like in community sometimes, we are overly sensitive in conversations where we could be a little more open. And I believe that if the only way forward sometimes is through, through the thing. So oftentimes in community, our instinct is to confront, have a reaction, fight and then run. When sometimes if you go through the thing, you what on the other side may be something sweeter that you never thought would come as a result of it. Not necessarily that that person or thing is what you needed, but on the other side of that conversation, maybe you will have an understanding or somebody hearing that conversation will be able to reach out to you later with an opportunity or with deeper understanding on something that you thought you was a wall. Sometimes engaging is okay. Engaging in conflict is okay. Hitting a wall and assessing the wall and engaging and looking at how you can dismantle it is easier than yelling and screaming that there's a wall there, y'all. Don't even go over there. Don't even do it. It's a wall. It's like, girl, the wall will continue to be there as long as no one tries to tear it down. 
So let's let's when you are confronted with something, sometimes the best way around it is through. Mm-hmm. So I think we've done the episode. I remember what another thing I want to talk about um, real quick. The today I watched this like mini documentary about the Aborigine um, trans and gay community in Australia, uh-huh. and I just you know I'm That's just open that. to huh? That's what you sent me. Yeah, I'm just open to the fact that black people are everywhere, and that the white folks have told us lies, honey. Australia is not white. It's not white. It's black people. That and it goes to the conversation of how we have the standard of what transness looks like here in the Americas. And it's people that don't even have access to a mom, bitch, that are just as Black as us, just as trans as us, and, you know, they're making it. One of the biggest, that what you just said, Brianna, is my one of my favorite sayings to confront the girls that mean well, that are saying and are acknowledging that our community has a lot of people that are now doing this for clout. So I can understand how the reaction to in community to girls that like the girl we were talking about previous episode that would detransition and read us is we need to police more. I do think that we should vet better who we platform, but, and who we allow to benefit from our greatness, but I don't think that the way we define it currently is healthy because often what we do now and what we talk about happened on Beagle and what happens a lot of times in situations where girls are trying to draw the line in the sand for what is the trans experience is often around surgeries and physical aesthetics and body types and a very westernized white man's idea of what becoming a woman was. We have existed on this world for a millennia. As long as there have been human beings, somebody somewhere was gender dif- different. We were gender divergent. Somebody somewhere was. And we can dip, we can even see documented evidence in our oldest text in Bible, Quran, all of their ascertained that there was a place in culture for people that did not fit neatly in the binary. Modern medicine only in the last 50 years has gotten to the place where now there can be medical interventions that can alter physical body parts to the body. It is disrespectful to our ancestors and to all trans women around the world who do not have- Especially the black ones. Particularly our black, Latin, minority, indigenous, Aboriginal. Aboriginal. All of the folks in this world that are living and having beautiful, wonderful lives, that are living in cultures that accept them better than ours accepts you with your titties, that are living and have spiritual practices that are around their experiences, that are coming from cultures where they have to live and navigate without a moan doctor, without a surge, without a face film, and without a vagina. So, For all of you girls out there that think it's fucking okay to use gender, to use use gender as a way to hide your dysphoria and say, I'm going to hide behind this and say, if you don't have this set of problems that I have and this type of insurance, then you're not a a woman. You're you're actually hiding your own self-hate behind that gender line that you're trying to draw. Because what we actually see, girl, 
is that you're disrespecting your ancestors and all trans women around the world who may not have the privilege you have to get those surgeries. I'm not saying that that's, that's not wonderful that you got your bags and that we got our bodies and that we got our pussies. I think that's wonderful. But don't you ever get to that place where you forget that it's bitches all around the world that are living, breathing, loving, laughing and dying and never having access to that medicine. And they are no less of a woman than you are. So fuck you for feeling that way if you do. Because there are girls out there that even as I'm saying this is like, well, girl, they mean fuck you for that. Because guess what? If you did not, if you were not privileged to be born in America and to love, no shame for a lot of you, get your surgeries as a result of Medicaid, okay? If you were not in the situation where you did not have that Western medical medicine to help you, you wouldn't be able to have that either. And so then under your own definition, you wouldn't be a woman. So let's be careful. And this is where I'm opening the conversation to my non-binary sisters that we have to respect you too, because what we do understand is that even engaging in this medical industry is engaging with a level of oppression. It's engaging with a level of judgment. It's engaging with a level of labeling. And if you don't want to embrace that and that triggers you and that doesn't define your gender, that's okay too here at Box Number 512 Podcast because we understand that we don't have a right to define anyone else's experience. But what bothers me and what I will not allow anybody to do, and I know my sister feels the same way, is we will not allow anyone to minimize trans experience based on a goddamn surgery because we know that that don't mean shit because if you was a man when you laid down, you a man when you got up, sis, because a woman is in your soul. So shout out to the, um, so in Australia, specifically in the island that they come from, the, the Aborigine girls, they call them, they call the trans and gay community of Aborigine people, sister girls. Mm. Yes, and then they all dark, they dark, they just as dark as me and you, big noses, full lips. And then they had like the long curly. It just blows my mind to just know that we are literally we're everywhere we've always been everywhere girl and we've been in community with each other bitch and yet still like air we rise and what i love particularly when i watch those type of documentaries because i watched one on the girls in brazil one time and what i love about those documentaries is you really get to see You really get to see how beautiful we are really inside and how puss we are and how similar we are without ever meeting each other. Like the way right. they're little, like you may not even understand their language, but they're little like Carrie and how they talk. And, like, I just love seeing that trans energy, that being that light that we have all around the world, even with girls that's like, I watched, I saw some girls in Jamaica and you know, they live in real, they, you know, they be living in, <laughs> they live in the sewers, bitch. And like, right. girl, just to see that just that that the that, community aspect of it and the gloriousness of their the gloriousness of their personalities how they can still be happy without all of the shit we think we gotta have like i'm right. gonna die if i don't get my pussy but girl meanwhile this bitch is in a sewer getting her life and in living her life and has a man in the sewer while you with your puss is judging and being mad because don't nobody want you because you are not doing your surgery for the right reasons. That's all I'm saying. I'm not knocking no girl with surgery, but if you're getting a surgery so you can have a leg up on another girl, you're going to be miserable, bitch. <laughs> you're oh, going to be shout, shout out to all of our um, trans, black, indigenous, 
trans sisters around the world. And hopefully all of this shit will be over soon because I want to travel the world and I want to meet y'all and I want to see, like, I want us That's to see each other. Yeah, I want us to see each other. Like, just as much as you think you need to see me, bitch, I need to see y'all bitches to know, to just expand my mind that it's just not us here in America. It's just not us here in the city, bitch. It's a global trans liberation movement, bitch. And I'm just trying to be a part of it. I want to say this and I'm going to put it into the atmosphere because you know how you say don't jinx something, but sometimes you got to name it and speak that thing so that the universe can move it for you. I'm going to speak for me in the atmosphere. My dream job in life, I'm going to share with you guys, my dream job in life is to be a United Nations global trans ambassador. Like I would love to be on behalf, working on behalf of such a lot, such a wonderful agency going around the world, making and building connections and making sure that on a, on an international level, our community is connected, is taken care of, and that they're able to access the resources in the places where the girls need asylum in the places where they may need help negotiating that political asylum, I would love to be the ombudsman or the ambassador that would help girls be able to file human rights complaints, to be able to advocate for themselves um, on an international level on behalf of my country, the United States, and on behalf of the United Nations. I, I That is my dream job. Like, and I've never said that out loud because, of course, you know, you say it and then, you know, the, the world the world tells you, oh, you jinxed it or whatever. But I want to put that in the atmosphere that I think that I have the skill set, the intellect and the deportment and the ability to communicate effectively with people from all around the world to be able to do that. So I'm putting it into the space on the 3rd of March, 2022, 2021. 2021, that I want to have that job one day, and we will see. So I think we've done the episode. Have. So sis, take us out of here. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, one and all, for all of your love and support and listening to this, this last episode. This was a wonderful episode of Sisterhood, Laughter, and Love, and we thank you for all of your patronage thus far. Earlier on, my sister gave you all of the wonderful things to follow, like, and subscribe, but I just want to reiterate that we are Box Number 512 Podcast, Grown Black Trans Woman Talk, and I am your co-host, The Lioness. And I am Aeon. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Box Number 512 Podcast, Grown Black Trans Women Talk. And don't forget to become a patron on the Box Number 512 Patreon page, where we have all new exclusive content. And also, don't forget to follow us on our social media, on our Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook pages. And also, become a subscriber on our YouTube page. Until next time, bye. bye.